so good to be here this morning. We are in a series that we have um, really prayed about several months ago and, and really felt strongly that we uh, needed to place this series and focus on what we're talking about in this season that we are in. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, uh, it says this. It says, um, Paul is writing to Timothy, and it says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled. Everybody say entangled. So we got, that's where we got the name Tangled from, right? Entangled. Uh, in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. The word tangled simply means to, it's a confused mass of something. It's when you take something and you, you begin to twist it together. And so in this uh, statement that Paul made to, to Timothy, Timothy was a young pastor, he was a pastor of a church. And, and what he was saying was there are two different ways to do life. There are two different approaches to do life. They're not four, they're not eight, they're not 12. There are only two. Everybody say two. And, and so the, the first type of individual that he compares one of the ways to do life, uh, life uh, like is, uh, is a soldier. So a soldier really represents a follower of Christ. How many followers of Christ do we have in here? How many in the house loves Jesus? If you love Jesus online, just raise your little hand, you know, little icon things, the little emoji, right? And, and, and so it's a follower of Christ. It's somebody that's kingdom-minded. It's somebody that is a, that's a believer that is determined to do what God has called them to do. And so that's what a soldier represents. But then, then there's, another, um, there's another person that Paul uses, another type of person, and it is a civilian. And a civilian really represents uh, somebody that uh, really identifies uh, with culture. That, that their entire identity is based on culture or the world. And so you could be here this morning and you're going, oh, well, that's got to be talking about somebody that doesn't know God, somebody that doesn't know Jesus. They're, a not, they're not a believer. They're far from God. Well, that can be the case, but everybody listen to me. That can also represent a believer. Thank you for that overwhelming Amen. But, 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 but it can. Actually, Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and he said, to, you're believers, but you're still acting like culture. You, 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 you've, been, you've accepted Jesus, but there's really been no change from before you accepted Christ as your, as your, your Lord and Savior. So you, you can be born again. You can be, look at it this way. You can be in the army, but still act like a civilian. And here this morning, you're like, I wish I, would have, I wish I would have not come to church this morning, right? Because he's talking about my behavior. But, but again, we're talking about not getting tangled. Because listen, if we allow ourselves to become tangled, we will live our lives in the weeds. And ladies and gentlemen, God does not want us to live our lives in the weeds. God wants us to live our lives focused on what he's called us to do. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And so I want to point out a few observations this morning about uh, the two. And, and the, we, we, I'm going to give some observations. And then I'm going to ask a question at the end. And the reason that I love questions is because Jesus asked questions. How many of you not noticed that? That, that there, were, there were times where Jesus would ask like almost ridiculous questions. Like one day he's talking to, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, uh, Jesus is talking to uh, his disciples. And he asked them, what are people saying about me? What are you saying about me? What do you think about me? Well, the reason that Jesus would ask questions, uh, the reason he would ask questions is that in order to answer a question, you have to look on the inside. 
In order to answer a question, you have to look on the inside. How many of you realize that God's created us to live from the inside out? And so it's important that we, we consistently look on the inside. So this morning, I'm going to ask you a question, and you don't have to raise your hand and answer it, but I really believe you should answer this question in your heart, or maybe even write it down, and over the next week or so, maybe two weeks, take some time and, and, and focus on this question. That It's not just John or Pastor John asking you the question. I believe God, I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us some questions this morning. Amen? So, so here, here are a couple of differences between the civilian life and a soldier. We're looking at those two. Uh, A civilian says that that I'm going to do life on my terms. That's what a civilian says. The civilian approach to life is that that my life is my life and I'm going to do my life on my terms. The soldier says, I don't do life on my terms. I do life on God's. So the, the, the posture of a civilian is this. I make up my own rules. I am the ultimate authority in my life and for my life. I read this quote. I, I, I like it. It's just, I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty funny. If I were meant to be controlled, I would have come with a remote. <laughs> if I were meant to be controlled, I would have come with a, a, a remote. Let me, let me make a, an announcement to you this morning. Uh, doing life on your terms is an illusion. To determine that I'm going to do life on my terms is an illusion. Now, you have a choice as to how you're going to do life. But, but if you believe that you're just going to make up your rules for your life and, and it's just absolutely, it's, 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 it's an illusion. Let me give you a few examples of how you are not in control of your, your life. <laughs> you were born. Now, I know I, you, you could be like, Pastor John, I got out of bed for that. Couldn't you have brought something a little bit better than that one? But the truth is, think about it. You were born. Did you have any control over when you were born? You could have been born whenever, but you were born in this century. No, 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 you weren't born in this century. You were born probably in the last century. You're kind of rolling over into this one, right? You, you, get, you, you, you get what I'm... And listen, you were born. You didn't choose who's, what parents you were born to. You didn't choose the relatives that you've got. If you could choose the relatives that you have, would you not choose some better ones? Or am I the only one that's got just some crazy folks in the family tree? I'd like... Oh, and so-and-so, I would have not chose you. But anyway, I'm not talking to you, aunt, whoever, but anyway. And I'm going to give you something else just to show you that you, you don't live by life by your terms. You're going to die. Get quiet. But, 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 the, but the truth is, the time, if Jesus doesn't return before your life is up, that you're going to take your last breath. But, but is anybody thankful that, that heaven, we get to go to heaven, that, that when you die, you don't lose? You don't, you don't lose. A Christian cannot lose. Because the moment they take their last breath, they go to heaven. Well, you, you really don't. Let me, let, me give you, let me give you another one. Gravity. I mean, I could stand up here all day long, or I could get you up here, right? I could get you up here, and you could say all day long, nothing controls me. Like, you're right here beside me. Nothing controls me. I make the rules. So you're standing there, and you're, you're, and this person is just telling you guys that I make the rules, and I stand behind them, and all of a sudden, I just do this. Boom. You know what's going to happen? Baby, they're going down. Why? Because gravity takes over. 
And as much as you like to think that this person thinks that they're going to float, they're not gravity. You are not in control. You don't call the shots when it comes to making up the rules that you're going to live by. Again, you have a choice. What about COVID? And we got to rush on toilet paper again. (laughs) I don't get it. And what do I do the other night? Sandy, I'm coming home, coming home from work, and Sandy calls. And she said, John, we got another rush on toilet paper. Go by Target. So <laughs> I'm in there. And then, and then to show that you don't, you don't call the shots, I can only buy one package. I can't buy three or four, five, ten. I can only buy one. What's the point? The point is you don't make up the rules. Can somebody say me into that? So if you don't make the rules in one area, you don't make the rules in none. Second Timothy uh, two five says, "An athlete who runs in a race cannot win uh, cannot win the prize unless he obeys the what the rules." This is the reason that Jesus gave this amazing invitation. I think I talked about this last time I was here in Matthew chapter eleven. He said, "Come to me." Come to me, um, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads. Stop there. Do you know that trying to live by your own rules will wear you out? Yeah, because life just won't work if you're trying to live life by your rules. And you can become burdened and you can become tired. And before long, you were just absolutely worn out. What Jesus said, come to me and watch this. He said, I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Then he talks about putting a yoke on, on, on your shoulder. And when I was, I heard somebody say this, man, I don't need a yoke. I need a mattress. I don't need a yoke. I need a vacation. I don't need anything that's connected to work because when you, if you understood, if you, if you understand what the word yoke is, what a yoke is, it's something that a, a farmer would put over in Jesus times would put over the shoulders of an ox. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, come and get in this yoke with me. Because this yoke was connected to the, uh, the, 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 the implement that the, that the farmer would use. And they would use it for work. So what Jesus was doing is Jesus was saying, hey, come get in my yoke. Come get in there with me. He's not going to get in yours. You have to get in what? His. You, 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 can't live, you, you can live life by rules, but it's not the rules that you make up. So Jesus said, instead of trying to live life by the rules that you think you can make up, why don't you just live rules by mine, by, by me, and get in the yoke with me? That is your reason. Listen, that is the reason Jesus said this. He said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he's doing life with you when you do it his way. Thank you for that overwhelming amen. Again, what, what is it that God is saying this morning? There, there are only two ways to do life. There's God's way and there's what? There's the, the world. Again, Jesus is talking about it again. He preaches, he preaches probably one of his greatest messages. One of his greatest messages, he gets up and he preaches this. It's, it's the, the Sermon on the Mount. And he, he wraps up the message uh, that, that he preached that day with this. Matthew seven twenty four. he said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Talking about two ways to do life. There's only two ways to do life. Gods are cultures. 
He said, a wise man built his house upon a rock. And then verse 26, he said, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the what? The sand. So you look at that and you go, well, they're just way different. The guy who built his house on a rock and the, the, the guy that built his house on the sand, they're just, just way different. Well, that's actually not true. They, they are similar in some ways. They're, they're similar because both of them wanted to build a house and they built a house. Does, does, anybody, does anybody want to build a life? Does anybody want to build a life that, 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 that honors God and, 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 and really is a blessing to people around? Does anybody here want to build a house? Well, it's just like these two individuals. Jesus said both of them wanted to build a house. Both of them just wanted a life. And here's another, here's another thing that, that, that's similar. Both of them heard the same message. Because Jesus said this. Jesus said the, the, the one who builds his house on a, a rock is the one who hears my words and begins to do them. They, exceed, they accept them and they trust the truth of God's word. But the other guy, he said they, they hear the word, but, but it just doesn't benefit them because they don't do what it says. How many of you know that it's possible to sit and hear the same messages week after week after week, but yet have two way different outcomes? How many knows it's possible? You can, Pastor David, he's a great minister of the gospel. He's a great communicator. He can preach the great, the most best messages, the, the, the greatest messages on the planet. But if we're not willing to what? Hear and do something crazy is going to happen. You see, and, and nobody knows better about what I'm, talk, uh, I'm about to talk about other than, uh, better than you guys. The Bible says that there was a wind that came. There was storm and rain that came. And one withstood. One, uh, one stood strong while the other, what happened? Just flopped. Do you know that it's not, the storm is not the problem. It's the sand that's the problem. Storm's not the problem, it's what? It's the sand that's the problem. So, so both heard, the wise man heard God's truth and he aligned his, his life with it. But the fool heard the same thing but rejected way, uh, God's way of doing life. So what's the point? Listen, here's the point. A wise person loves Jesus. Talking about two ways to do life. A wise person loves Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus has a love language? How many well, years ago? Do you remember, David, how long ago was when they, the, that book came out, Five Languages of Love? Long, were you even born then or was it that? Uh, <laughs> you were just a baby. <laughs> you remember that? Five Languages of Love? And everybody's trying to determine what their love language is. My, my, mine, mine really is uh, words of affirmation. That's, I, I like that. I asked I ask Sandy, what, you know, we were talking about it not long ago. I said, sweetheart, what, what are you, remind me again of your love languages, which is not, I should know. And I do know, but I was just asking to make sure that I knew to cover myself there. <laughs> Did you guys see that? I was like, man, I better. And she said, I, I've got all five of them. I like all five of them. I'm like, praise God. Better get busy. So Jesus, Jesus has a love language. Do you know that? It's doing what he wants you to do and playing by his rules. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
If you love me, you will do what? You will keep my what? Commandments. In other words, if, if you love me, you'll, you'll, you'll play by my rules. You'll do life my way. And again, what did Jesus say about his rules? The yoke, <laughs> it's a lot easier. How many would just like life to be a lot easier? Do you know it can be? It doesn't mean you're not going to face challenges. It doesn't mean you're not going to have storms. It just simply means when you're, you're connected with Jesus and doing it his way, he does life with you. Can somebody get a little bit excited about that? So, so again, what happens, though, is that, that we, we, we try to twist the two together. And then I, wanna, I want the soldier's way, God's way, but I'm going to try to twist the, the civilian, the, the culture and the world's way. I'm going I'm to do both of those. And everybody look at me. It, it just can't work. And man, it's so much better when we say, God, I'm just, I'm just going to do life. I'm going to live by your rules. So here's the question. Whose terms... Are you living by? Don't nudge anybody next to you or look and say, he's talking to you. Look, look on the inside right now, asking you a question. Whose terms are you living by? Here's the, here's the next difference. Civilian, civilian creates strife. A soldier creates unity. A civilian creates strife while a soldier creates unity. Second Timothy 2.23, it says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Again, there's two ways to do life. The soldier's responsibility, the soldier's approach is, 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 is that uh, he creates unity where the civilian creates, uh, creates strife. And, 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 and again, Paul said this, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant Arguments that only start what? Fights. You see, anytime there's a fight, there's two sides. And whenever there are two sides, there's no unity. Anytime there's a fight, there are two sides. And two sides, whenever there's two sides, there's, there's not unity. And so right now, we're, we're, we're just walked through a, 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 still walking through it. Very divided time in our nation, politically speaking. <laughs> Man, is there craziness going on? I voted for this person. This Jesus is on our side because then you got the other side. The, 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 no, Jesus is on our God's on our side. He's for us. Well, maybe one doesn't even acknowledge and the other does. I don't know. Let, let me just say this, and, and I say this from just a pastoral point. And let me enlighten you and help you when it comes to the political arena. The Bible says that we should pray for those who are in authority. So when the dust settles, whoever is the winner, we pray for them. It's time to stop arguing. It's time to stop complaining. It's time to stop trying to convince the other side to come to your side. I have yet to see that. I have yet to see someone, you know, that, that they are convinced, fine, on social media or whatever. They're like, okay, I quit. Yes, I'm coming over to the other side. Coming over to the light. Just doesn't work. And here's, here's another thing that I think is important to look at. 
It is impossible for there to be unity that is created in the political arena. It'll never happen. It can't. Do you know why? Because our system is based on two sides. Two platforms. You have got, you got this platform that says, this is the vision. This is the direction that our nation should go. And you got the other platform that says, no, 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 no. This is the vision and this is the direction that our nation should go. What do you have? You have two different sides. It's designed that way. So there, there will never be true unity in the political arena. The, the, the United States or the world will never see unity there. Ever. The only place the world has a chance to see unity is in the kingdom of God or in the church of God among God's people. Can somebody say amen to that? That is the reason we have the, we, we have the greatest opportunity. We have a tremendous opportunity to say yeah, we can get it right in the church. We can get it right and we can be in unity and we can love one another and we, you can see unity at its best in the church. Can somebody say amen to that? We, we can just sound it off and, and say it to the, to the world and not just say it, but we can also deliver it. You see, a soldier knows this. A soldier knows that, that he can't even survive much less win by himself. Soldier creates unity. He knows that he can't even survive, much less uh, win by himself. So for him, for a soldier, unity is vital. He's got to have unity. It's so, so important. It's a value of his. It's important. I've got to have unity. I'll give an example of this. Um, how many ever heard of the Navy SEALs? Yeah, probably one of the top, not probably, I think it's the most elite fighting force that the United States has, SEALs. And um, I read a book, um, it's called Make Your Bed. It's, it's written by retired Admiral William McRaven. Again, it's called Make Your Bed. It's a really, really good book. It's a great leadership book, uh, phenomenal. So if you like, uh, like good books and leadership, I encourage you to get that one. It's an easy read. It's not long. And so uh, every SEAL's um, career begins in their basic training, which is called BUDS. And so it's in San Diego and, and they, these guys go out and the candidates go out because you're not a SEAL until you get three buds, right? And so they, they go out and, and, and one of the things that they, they do is that they divide up the class of candidates into teams are six and seven, six or seven, somewhere right around there. And so they, they, they divide them up and then they give them a, a few things to train with. But one of the things that they get is this big rubber boat that weighs over 200 pounds and they have to carry this rubber boat everywhere that they go. Six or seven, they have to carry. If they're going to go eat, they have to carry the rubber boat to the <laughs> to the chow hall. If they're going to go down to the to, down to the uh, to the beach to train, they've got to carry the rubber boat over to the beach to to train. And the reason that they do this is 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 what uh, General, excuse me, Admiral McRaven says. It says the small rubber boat made us realize that no man could make it through training alone. No seal could make it through combat alone. And by extension, you needed people in your life to help you through difficult times. That, that's what, that's what, that's what these guys who are training these seals, that's the first thing that they, that they get them to understand. They want to instill in them is that you cannot do this by yourself. 
Soldiers get that. Christians need to get that. Can somebody say amen? It it takes unity and it takes coming together and takes pulling together. Ecclesiastes 4.12. You've been around church. You've heard this before. It says two people can resist an attack uh, that can defeat one person alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. But that's important. What I just said is super important. But I'm I'm going to share something that's a higher level of importance when it comes to unity. I mean, this, this really unity thing is a big deal. God doesn't want us to just to be in unity. God doesn't want us to, to really pull together and, and pursue his plan and his call just so we can all get along and be nice together, although that is nice, right? There's a higher purpose than that. It's found in John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. It's a prayer. Jesus, uh, we get to, to look into Jesus' prayer life, one of the prayers that he prayed. And he, 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 here's what he said when he, when, when he bared his heart towards God, his Father. He said, I do not pray for these followers only. I pray for those who will put their trust in me through the teaching that they have heard. Watch verse 21. May they all be as one. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us. May they all be as one, Father, as you are in me and I am in you. Watch this. May they belong to us. And here's why. Then the world will believe that you sent me. When? When they are what? As what? That's when the world will see the world has a what? Savior. The world has a Redeemer. You see, this unity thing is a huge, huge deal. It is a big, big deal that we get this right. And listen, not only just in the church, but outside the four walls... The way that we speak, the way that we conduct our lives, the way that we speak about each other. Listen to me, even other believers in Christ. Even folks that we don't even go to church with. Can I have a better amen than that? You see, because Jesus said, if, if and when they all come together, the world will believe that you sent me. I believe that's a big deal. I believe the world needs to see a savior. The world needs to see the love of God. The world needs to see that there is an answer that politics can't deliver. So, here's a question. Are you an answer to Jesus' prayer? Are are, are you an answer to what Jesus prayed here? You create unity. Or do you engage in foolish arguments? It's a pretty big deal. We'll wrap up with this. Civilians posture or civilians attitude is this. It's all about me. (laughs) That's the civilian that's the that's what that that's that's what a civilian says. That's what a civilian believes. It's all about it's all about me. Me first. The soldier says, nah, it's all about God. It's not just about me. It's all about who? It's all about it's all about God. 
Listen to what 2 Timothy 2, 4 says. It says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Watch this. But rather tries to please his commanding, what? Officers. Matthew 6, excuse me, Matthew 26, 39. This is um, just a few hours before Jesus is going to hang on the cross. He's about to hang on the cross. He knows it's coming. He knows it's going to be the greatest test, the greatest challenge that he's ever faced. He knows it's about to happen. It's about to go down. But yet he's, he's, he's here again and he's, he's, he, he's praying and he said this. He said, he went forward a little while and he fell face down on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken from me. Watch this. But I want your will. Not mine. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, listen, Jesus, Jesus was saying, Father, I know what's about to happen. I know what I'm about to walk through. I know it's going to be, again, the hardest thing that I've ever faced. And if there's another way to do this, I'm down for that. But he said this, he said, I choose this. I choose what's not best for me. I choose what's best for you, God. Even if it requires giving my life, I'll do it. Matthew 7. Verse 22 and 23. Jesus is talking about a day that it's, it's just going to be a day that breaks his heart. It's going to be a moment that he has conversation with, with people who followed him and, and, and confessed that and acted like they were followers in the life that they lived. And it says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I, I, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Are are. Depart from me those who try to live by their own, your own rules. You know, sometimes I, I, when I was growing up, I heard, I heard preachers that preach it this way, like Jesus is going to relish in the moment. I mean, he's going to relish in the moment when he looks at those people and, and, and he says, listen, I never knew you. I would think, man, is that really what Jesus is going to do? Is that really how he's going to act? Is that really going to be his attitude? And then later I realized that, that no, that's not going to be his attitude at all. I believe when he has to say this, I believe it's going to break his heart. I believe it's going to be one of the most difficult days that he's ever had when he looks at people and he says, I know you did all of these things. And you did them in my name, but it wasn't about me. It was all about you. 
It wasn't what you could do for me. It was all about what I could do for you. And it won't be a moment where Jesus just says, I've been waiting for years to say this to you. No, I, I believe it was, it was something that he, or it will be something that he dreads. He doesn't want to have to say, your whole life it was about what I could do for you, but you never asked me. You never consulted with me about what you could do for me. It was one-sided. You see, it's so easy to get tangled. So easy to get distracted. So easy to get, have a heart and an attitude that says, it's just all about me. And the soldier says, nah, it's really all about God and pleasing him. So, who do you live to please? You got two choices, but only one life. And I know this is heavy, but sometimes you need to feel the Holy Spirit speaking and going, hey, choose me, choose God's way, choose his life because his life is so much better because he does it with you. Amen. So. What's your choice? Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we realize, we know that it's so easy to get all tangled up and just get confused and fogged.